and welcome to Storytime with Tom and Mike. I'm Tom. And I'm Mike. Mike, have you ever heard of a GAN? It's also known as a Generative Adversarial Network. I have not. Neither have I. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Until just the other day, actually. I sent you a link to uh, something called thispersondoesnotexist.com. Yes, I did see that. So I'm kind of lying that I didn't see it. Well, it's called setting the stage. I didn't remember that's what it was called, so. It's all a show, folks. Just ignore the man behind the hey, curtain. that's right. Shh. No, go ahead. Oh, okay. I will. <laughs> so this site, every time you hit refresh or every time you visit the site, produces a new randomly selected image. I don't know if it generates it on the spot or if it's from a a collection or what the fuck is going on. If it's Mm -hmm. doing it on the spot, that's fucking amazing. It's it's impressive. Apparently what this GAN is, this generative uh, adversarial network, is it takes two competing AIs, thus the adversarial aspect of it, and takes turns generating uh, content and then matching them up against some kind of like sort of sample that Mm -hmm. that is correct. So, yes, like so there's like a bank of samples and there's a bank of of generated images. And eventually the machine learns how to build an image that looks just like a person. Yeah, and it it's says, like I can make these eyes. And it's amazing. And I don't know how it works. I mean, I think I explained it well enough that I think I understand it. But to be honest, if someone sat down to me and explained how it worked, I'd be completely at a loss. Yeah, I don't understand that mumbo jumbo. As far as I'm concerned, there is a bird pecking an image onto a piece of slate, <laughs> like a Flintstones <laughs> camera in there. That's all I would. I'd be like, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> but what I want to know is, are these images people who have existed in the world at some point, or are they completely unique and have never existed or never will? You know, this is one of those things that I've often thought about. Like, even when you think you've had an original thought, somebody else right. has thought of it at some exactly. point in time. Whether they uttered it, wrote it down, just ignored it, whatever, I don't know. But I have the feeling that eventually the combination of faces, you know, the combination of noses, eyes, ears, and all that stuff has got to run, you know, run over each other. And, I've, I mean, they say everybody has a twin. I right. can tell you that I know for a fact there's this guy that uh, I used to work with. He said to me one day, dude, you look just like my brother-in-law. And I was like, yeah, whatever, man. I, I, people tell me every now and again that I remind them of somebody. And sometimes the answer is a dickhead or an asshole, but that's beside the point. <laughs> he, he actually pulled out a picture of this guy when he was a kid, and I swear to you, I thought it was a picture of me. Hmm. That's how much this guy looked like me. I'll have to uh, post this picture I have, if I can find it. Um, My mom and I talked about this a few years ago. So every Easter, uh, around Easter time, uh, the creepy uh, uh, pictures of kids with with the Easter bunny show up. Oh, yeah. I know the ones you're talking about. Like the Easter bunny that you look at and go, how did anybody in their right mind think that a child would find this fun, entertaining, and, you know, and so anything forth, other and than monstrous. Yeah, anything other than monstrous. <laughs> so there's this picture of me with a, an Easter bunny, and I, now I say it's a picture of me because I'm absolutely convinced that it is, but I found it on the internet. It's me, <laughs> the age of, like, three, and I remember being there this day. That's the thing that really creeps hmm. me out. I don't, re- but that's We'll get to that in a second. Um, but there's this Easter bunny and there's this little kid with blonde bowl cut hair and a jazz, like a ski type jacket that is I it blue. The, it's blue. I know. I've seen I've seen this jacket on you in pictures when you were a child. Right. And I think it's blue. anyway. Um, 
and I'm there's there's this guy in like this leisure suit type deal. He's got like a brown suit and like a blue shirt, like a light blue shirt. He's got a big mustache and he looks all friendly and he's sort of hanging out there in the picture too. And my mom saw it and she says, God, that looks like you. And there was a guy who your dad worked with who kind of looked like that guy. And there's a man in the distance who could easily be your father. I can't see him because his back is turned, but it looks a lot like him. And I'm like, that's fucking crazy. Like, you find your own picture on the Internet. Yeah, right. Either that or it was absolutely my twin because this kid is down to the fucking, you know, pours me as far as I'm concerned. I see people that look kind of like you periodically, and I'll usually send you a picture of one if I find it. Oh, yeah, like those Amish boys? <laughs> no, no, I meant real people. <laughs> I had forgotten about the – how can I forget about the big-chinned uh, Amish brute that, <laughs> that we've looked at so many times now? Well, but but, you uh, like I photoshopped actually, his, I, his mm-hmm. face – you photoshopped his my face onto him. <laughs> a I know. Of times. I mean, I mean, real people that look like you. Periodically, I'll come across yeah. one. I'll be like, "Man, that guy looks like Tom." And I think I've seen you pictures probably way back in the past of that. So I, I believe that those, that those things. Maybe it's all a ruse. Maybe they're just taking like some random fucking um, template, DOT database, and just throwing people's actual photos up there. <laughs> Like this is all people's driver's license pictures and shit from Ohio. <laughs> what if what if there are not only one twin of you, but I mean, okay, think about it. If there's a twin of you, what's the likelihood of that person living anywhere near you? Where where is my twin that uh, was at York College when I was uh, a teenager? Uh, they swore this guy looked just like me, sounded like me. I met him one day. It was uncanny. Mm-hmm. It was a little unnerving, and I didn't spend much time around him because I didn't know if I wanted to like him or hate him. So this is a for real thing you're telling me this right now. This is a for real thing, yeah. There was yeah. this guy at your college when I was like 19, 18, who uh, looked like me. He sounded like me. I saw him from a distance. He was like, you should go talk to him. I'm like, fuck that. I don't want to know this guy. What if I hate him? What's that say about me? And you guys could have had fun and like you know taking each other's places. We could have we could have had all kinds of Freaky Friday style twin adventures. shenanigans. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't uh, know that. because this other guy that looked like me was was from like Lebanon. That's not very far away from me now. But here's the thing. So the, exactly the same thing. This guy isn't that far from you know York. He chose to go to York College. He found his way into my network somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, but the point is that he was from around here somewhere. But I was born in Hawaii, dude. So I was I was born in Philly and lived down there. So right. we would have had to have, you know, everything would have to fall into place. So I feel you know? like I feel like there's there's some sort of weird cosmic web happening here that we don't fully understand. <laughs> but probably you know? probably <laughs> there is a cross section of the entire world where there's dudes that look just like you and I. I've I've got Lots it. I've got it right them. now. Lots so, of them. So the world actually is being controlled by a giant man in the clouds, and he has oh. duplicates of us. And just to fuck with us, he sticks them close to us. Oh, so he does a clone stamp, and then he just drops it within our vicinity to see what happens. To Absolutely. Us. And there's like there's people that are like me that are brown skinned and don't have beards, and some do have beards. And there's a couple of girls, and maybe one of them has a beard. It looks like me, and everything. And you know, it just randomly puts them in places to fuck with you a little bit. Yeah, puts them in your path. Yeah. There's Absolutely. a lot of dudes. There's a lot of dudes that I'll see on the internet. I'll see a picture of, and someone will say that looks like you know. I'll be like, "Fuck yeah, it does, doesn't it?" Because <laughs> invariably that person is doing something stupid, or saying something stupid, or reminding me just a little too much of myself, which makes it worse. It's like, oh god, there really is a clone of me out there, and he says all the embarrassing shit that I say or has said. And what if he doesn't have the self-awareness like I have? And then I think, oh, God, there's probably a guy who's more self-aware than me who's just like me. And that guy probably thinks I'm a twit. Super neurotic probably also. Well, yeah, I mean, 
As if that tirade I just went on wasn't a perfect example of neurosis. <laughs> I'm saying super neurotic, like you times a you know higher number than one. Uh, I would be living alone or probably in a padded cell because there's no way I'd be able to function from day to day. As neurotic as I am, I have to laugh because my brother, who always listens to us. Uh, always tells me that I look like, and you can look this up because right now I'm not going to disturb whatever I have going on here because everything's working properly, knock on wood. Uh, One of the guitarists from the band Government Mule, and he always tells me, he's like, oh, you're like a slightly better looking version of this guy. So he tells me that all the time. And and periodically I will have people say to me, oh my God, I saw somebody. My mom one time, funny enough, was like, I saw somebody at Walmart the other day had on boots and jeans just like you and the long curly hair and everything until that person turned around and I realized it was a girl. I almost yelled out your name. Hmm. <laughs> and I was like, Mom, I'm your son for Christ's sake. you got to know me from a random girl at Walmart. <laughs> but she didn't. <laughs> I'm looking up pictures of Government Mule now. I'm not really seeing the 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 similarity but maybe the one I'm picture not... he sent to me today did look like enough like me that i was like yeah if i pushed my hair back behind my ears and was playing the guitar uh i could probably see this one yeah all right well there is this guy he's kind of heavy set he's got long curly hair he doesn't mm-hmm. have a beard he has sort of like a scraggly beard but not we like all a, know my beard ain't scraggly. No, there's nothing scraggly about your beard. Your beard is like a goddamn statement of nature, a force of nature. To be this fair, is, uh, this is my masculinity growing out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> there's actually testicles underneath this. I don't know if you knew that or not. No, that's terrifying. I got chin nuts. Chin and nuts. not because I got a dick in my mouth, son. <laughs> so... We were talking about computers and 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 like uh, these, you know, computer generated or, or in artificially generated images and stuff. But our brains work a lot the same way. And I found this really awesome um, sort of breakdown of how the human brain works um, mm-hmm. that this guy called the Birmingham Bear posted on Reddit in a thread about a guy who shot himself in the head a year ago and and is now recovering and 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 he's happy he's like it like brought him back to focus as wow. to what was important in his life and like he took his survival as like a, a whole new lease on life it's a pretty interesting thread well i would say that's exactly what that is yeah it's a pretty interesting thread um uh but this guy the Birmingham Bear says, to understand the human brain, you have to picture a bunch of computers from different generations, all stacked on top of one another and linked together. Sorry, i got to take a drink. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very loud, like, obvious water lid kind of like, or lid on a cup kind of sound there. Yep. <laughs> I liked it. Your primitive brain is like one of those old mainframes that would fill an entire room. And it's pretty much the same model as many other animals have. A thing of instinct, raw emotion, immediate gratification. Now, your frontal cortex, that's pretty unique. That's the human part. That is like some kind of sleek, glowing, crazy quantum computer locked in a sealed room at Google. Capable of breathtaking feats of logic and reason. So powerful, it's actually able to achieve sentience. But see, evolution didn't change our old mainframe brain into the Google computer. It just grew the Google computer on top of the old mainframe, like a sort of super smart tumor. It wired them together over (laughs) millions of years in a way that enabled us to excel in the jungle, because if we hadn't, then none of us would exist today. But created some very weird results in the bargain. A system that did not act in unison with itself, but was capable of conflict and disagreement with itself. And therein lies the problem. The mainframe still controls a shitload of important systems, emotions, autonomous bodily systems, long-term memory, instincts. But now the Google system controls a relatively new suite of conscious behaviors, working memory, identity. And they both control the lungs, which is why we become painfully aware whenever we accidentally take the lungs off autopilot and then have to spend many awkward minutes uncomfortably aware of our own breath. Hmm. You're you're welcome, everyone, by the way, (laughs) for that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. You immediately kicked me off that automatic Uh, part. uh, Everybody. 
that happens to everybody. The mainframe sends constant signals to the Google system, but the Google system is too advanced for the mainframe to understand. If the mainframe send, keeps sending drink boost signals to the Google system and the Google system tries to send back a, this is not appropriate time of day, please cease those signals to the mainframe, the mainframe doesn't understand. It doesn't speak that programming language. And this is the truth of the human condition. Your systems are linked, but not because but because evolution doesn't work like an engineer, the systems are not completely compatible. They can work together, but not in a very stable of enti- not in a very stable or entirely predictable way. The thing is, the more you understand about how this actually works, the more you can exert more influence over the system. Hmm. Yeah. Pretty fascinating shit. Yeah, kind of deep. Yeah. Very deep, but I mean, you know, Maybe it's because it's techie, but it really appeals to me as a metaphor. It's like, wow, that's a really like precise way of of wrapping up a lot of ideas into a, a, a few paragraphs and really giving me like a kind of a layman's understanding of how that shit all works, like the different layers of consciousness because there is there's like the dinosaur brain the the reptile brain you know and then there's the mammalian brain and then there's the the cortex and that's like the new stuff that's that's the the monkey brain monkey brain monkey brain that's not a monkey it's an ape but you know from Mike's story from down on the farm <laughs> down on Mike's farm. farm no cousin fucking here <laughs> <laughs> so in our beautiful commonwealth they passed a law this uh, past year I uh, don't exactly know what the date was don't really give a shit it's not really um, germane to the conversation really besides to say that it was from 2020 um, that instead of having to put no trespassing signs everywhere, now you can paint things purple. Oh. Yeah. So it's a very specific – like I, I had to go online and check this out because we have some property that is wooded and we have uh, a deer population that knows that we are not going to hunt them. And it's not because I don't want to eat venison or anything. It's because – Way too close to buildings, and uh, and plus I have animals, and I don't need somebody accidentally shooting one of my goats because they think it's a deer or something weird like that. Mm-hmm. So we got the old spray paint out today and uh, went out and spray painted some trees and some fence posts and my hands. Uh, thankfully, didn't end up spray painting any of my clothing somehow. Uh, it's a minor miracle. But uh, the rule states that you have to – paint some kind of a stripe that at the minimum is one inch wide and eight inches long. And I'm trying to think of like a one inch wide stripe and how visible that would be to somebody. Right. Because the purple color is not like a bright, very, you know, super bright, like neon purple. It's kind of a subdued, like, like darker purple, something that I could really see, uh, being like on leaves or something. Mm -hmm. So, um, I ended up settling, and I know this is this is the epitome of things that are super exciting. I ended up settling on like a three inch by eight inch um, uh, rectangle, and then you also have to put them no the bottom of it can be no lower than three feet and no higher than five feet, <laughs> which is kind of uh, kind of strange to me to think like why can't I put it up like ten feet up in Drigus? You know, most people wouldn't look for it. Now, we're also counting on people with this system to be able to see it in the wee hours of the morning when the sun is just coming up when you are allowed to start hunting. So I went along and painted a bunch of stuff today, and I met a neighbor that has uh, lived down the street from my parents for, I don't know, three, four, five years, and has never talked to anybody. Uh, The conversation started off with, hey, what's with the spray paint? (laughs) <laughs> and I said, I thought, uh-oh, he doesn't sound happy. Like, in my brain, I'm processing this in a millisecond, and I go, oh, I'm posting for no trespassing. And he goes, huh, I didn't know that. 
And I explained to him that they passed the law that you don't need to put signs up anymore. Well, you can put signs up if you want to, but that this paint really stops you from having to, to do the upkeep. Plus, people rip signs down, trees fall down, signs get destroyed and everything else. Uh, every few years, I may have to go up and touch up some paint, but... That should be it. And I also uh, found that somebody had laid claim to part of my parents' property uh, and just randomly plunked down like a uh, thing that said this is the edge of their property line, even though it was very obviously about a foot and a half inside my parents' fence. <laughs> so huh. that coming to fruition should be interesting. And my neighbor uh, was out back shooting, and I thought he was done for the day, and I had gone down there. I don't normally uh, let my neighbor know when I'm walking around, but uh, I was back behind his target area, and I heard his and then ping, like it rattled off something, and I said, holy shit, I'm back here! And uh, yeah, he I didn't see him, he didn't see me, and that was when I realized that wearing a camouflage jacket outside to spray paint stuff today was probably not my my best fashion move. Sure. Doesn't yeah. sound like it. No, so, it wasn't because I'm pretty sure that uh, I lost about a year and a half off my life while I was standing there today. Well, at least you didn't <laughs> lose all of it. Almost shit myself. Yeah, at least you didn't lose all of it. Jeez. It's, that's true. That's true. And it, so, well, it totally was – it was a mistake on both of our parts. I should sure. not have gone back into that area knowing he was shooting earlier in the day and I thought he was done. And uh, without, like, you know, texting him, being like, hey, I'm going to be back there. Just wanted to let you know. And, you know, I guess maybe he should have been paying a little closer attention to uh, what was going on back there. Even though I was wearing a camo um, uh, shirt, I wasn't completely, um, you know, invisible or anything. Camo doesn't work that good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I just can't get over the fact that the color is this sort of dark purple. Like, like, yeah, let's make it the color of nighttime. Yeah. Why? It is, it is a very dark purple. And when you spray it onto trees, which are typically, you know, a lot of trees around us are maples uh-huh. and uh, they have a darker bark on them. It does make it, I mean, it looks a little out of place, but I could see you not seeing it really if you weren't looking for it. Like, yeah. why are there other are the other colors like spoken for? Like, can't you do yellow or or or, or, or wouldn't green? orange have made sense? Orange or green, any of those colors, like a bright yeah. green, like a fluorescent green, a fluorescent orange, a bright yellow. Hell, even I, I, a red would be better than a fucking dark purple. I assume this was a bureaucratic kind of a thing where uh, I could see one side saying, hey, we need to protect people's properties, and the other side saying, but you don't want to make the paint too bright because then it might just look really bad if somebody comes along and there's all these patches that are painted bright orange. It'll be an eyesore. You know, it probably turned out to be one of those things, and the only color that they could all agree on was something that could occur in nature but typically will not occur in the areas where you're spraying it. I guess. I don't know. I mean, that's that's the best explanation was, that I have. You know what? You're probably right, and there was probably some sort of study that they did, and they poured a lot of time and money into mm-hmm. it, and there were a lot of, like, temporary engineers hired to figure it out. And, oh, God. I wonder how it plays out with the colorblind. That's all I'm curious of. Probably, you know what, that might, that's interesting because that might be one of the deciding factors too. Mm -hmm. There's only so many colors that you can choose that are within like their spectrum spectrums. And I don't know how common, like you can't, I don't think you can account for every type of colorblindness because there's like 27 of them or something. Really? Oh, God, yeah. There's tons of different ones. Look up huh. – sometime go on Google and just look up like I – or I colorblind this test um, and, and look around. Don't do the stupid one from BuzzFeed or anything like that. Find one that, <laughs> that actually like takes into account all these different um, variables and, and it will it'll, – it'll give you a good idea of what you have if you have anything. Hmm. But – I found when I was doing graphic design, I found a tool that you could punch in a color scheme and then you could look at it from the various colorblind uh, variations that there are. And there were like a list of like 
at least 15, maybe 27 of them. There, I, there was a large number of all these different, for all the way down to no, no color at all, black and white. And um, it was really fascinating because you could see like things that seemed to be very radically different to you or I match perfectly um, huh. or so close as to not be able to tell when because it, it compensates for that in this programming and it would display it. Now, that was like, God, that was six or seven years ago. So I have no idea if that site still exists. If I can find it, I will post it on the site. For sure, dembeans.biz. Dembeans.biz, because we mean fucking business. The only thing I know is that I had a hunter friend who was colorblind. Most people said if it's brown, it's down. He said if it's gray, it's down. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. It wasn't really so, a person. I just thought oh, I would say. Oh. oh, you just wanted to make fun <laughs> of the colorblind. If it's gray, it's down, like fucking everything would be. <laughs> It randomly be shooting everything. <laughs> Do you know there are people um, who can? There's it's pretty rare, but there are people who can super see, like whose vision uh, or ability to distinguish different colors uh, is so much dramatically better than our own that um, they're like it's impossible for them to go shopping and find stuff that matches. So they often won't match on purpose. Simply yeah. be, because it's like, yeah, people think they match and they don't. They look like shit <laughs> or they'll make their own. Like, I would imagine if you were if you had that ability, you would buy fabric whole, whole cloth and make your own clothes. That would be yeah. what I would do. I would learn I how would to probably do just that. wear jumpers all the time because then I'd make jumpers. sure I didn't fuck anything up. Jumpers. What the hell is a or jumper? No, is I don't, a I don't mean jumpers. I mean um, like coveralls. Oh, okay. Because I think I was gonna say jumpers. Aren't those like British word? The British word for sweater. No, something? jumpers are uh, what. Uh, and this is. I don't even know why that word came out of my mouth. But something that like girls would wear that, almost like um, like overalls kind of a thing is what a jumper is. Okay. I don't know why they don't just call them fucking overalls, but uh, I guess, you know, it's a more feminized version of overalls. A jumper, according Apparently to... Apparently, I was down with that. According to Wikipedia, a jumper is a long-sleeve upper body cloth pulled over the head covering the torso, also called a top or top garment in Britain, Ireland, and some Commonwealth counties. And well, I guess there's sweater, different... Yeah. And called a sweater in the U.S. and parts of Canada. Well, there must be different definitions to it then because I've heard people call uh, the outfits that I was describing jumpers, like when little kids wear them. Basically like pants and then something that comes up over the front and straps that go over the shoulders. That's, I have I have heard that too. I do remember yeah. hearing that. So, uh, yeah. So maybe that's just a local mm. – so like a colloquialism of some kind. Oh, that's I just, knew you were going to say colloquialism. I had to find a way to fit it in there. I little, liked it. It was a little clumsy. My my uh, my angle of insertion wasn't as good as I'd like it to have been. <laughs> <laughs> you still drove it home, though. Yeah, I did. I pounded the fuck out of it. You hit that cervix. Wait, what? Maybe it's time, finally, for everybody to meet Stuart. Hi, Stuart. Hey, man, how's it going today? Oh, best fucking day of my life. You know oh. what I'm saying? I got up this morning and I looked outside and it was cloudy. And I thought, man, some people are going to be down today because it's cloudy. But then I looked out and I thought, you know who needs this clouds? The plants, man, because it's going to rain and they are going to grow up so beautiful. Everything, everything is perfect all the time. Wow, are you on it's ecstasy amazing. or something? No, man, I am fucking high on life. I'm high on life itself. Every day is a gift. Every day is amazing. It's awesome. And you know what? I work in human resources, which may or may not surprise you. But every day is a gift, man. Every door that closes, a window opens sometimes, another door opens. Everything is just, it all works out in the end. It all works out in the end. Every time. Well, tell me a little something about yourself. What's your name? Did you say your name? I said my name is Stuart earlier. Maybe maybe you didn't hear me. Maybe I wasn't maybe I wasn't on yet. It could have been when I was giving myself a pep talk in the mirror. 
I mean, I don't really have to give myself a pep talk because, I mean, I am amazing. You're only and human, Stuart. You're only human. But uh, you know, I wanted. To, I sometimes I talk to myself because sometimes I just got. I got to get some of these great ideas and some of these, you know, uh, positive thoughts and 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 vibes. I have to get them out. Or I feel like I'll explode. Well, don't know? explode. Don't explode. No, I think a healthy expression of your feelings is important. People these don't invite ideas. me to funerals ever because of this. <laughs> That's okay, man. That's okay. I don't need to be brought down. Oh. It's like everywhere I go, the sun seems to shine down and flowers are growing in my path. And like a couple times, it's really happened, nobody ever believes me, but I was like getting dressed in the morning and birds flew in with my tie and helped me tie it and shit. And squirrels were singing and, and dusting my floors. It's amazing. It's amazing. So, so I wasn't aware you had to be invited to a funeral. Well, you know, sometimes people frown on it a little bit if you just show up. <laughs> maybe and like maybe you don't know the person oh you just go like to go to funerals of people that you don't know hey man a stranger is only a best friend you haven't met yet well yeah but if they're dead <sighs> it's okay you don't have to worry about the non-living not being your friend you're just getting things ready for the next stage in life if i get to know them in their last moments on earth you know, even if they have left their mortal coil, I'm getting a leg up for the next life, man. I'm getting a leg up for the next life. When I die, I'm going to be able to talk to them and they're going to be like, I know that Stuart, always in a good mood, always happy, always fucking looking on the bright side of life. He's like a cup of coffee in human form. I don't know, Stuart. Maybe I'm just a little... Uh, pessimistic. I'm not sure. I... Yeah. I just feel like that you hanging around at people's funerals in the hopes that they'll um, notice that you were there and then later help you out when you're dead might be a tad narcissistic. No, no, man. Nothing narcissistic. It's preparation. It's Prepar preparation. preparation. Okay. All right. You want to succeed? You got to put in a little bit of work. You got to plant that seed and then you got to water that plant and you got to nurture it. So it grows into this gigantic, vivacious tree and, you know, provides shade and knowledge and a home for squirrels. <laughs> Everybody likes your tree. Did that, did that make sense? Yeah, of course it made sense. I said it. Of course it made sense. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've been there before. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been there before where I thought everything I said made sense. And if I said it, it must be true. That's called clinical insanity, buddy. <sighs> Man, see, you call it insanity. I call it endlessly optimistic. I don't. I don't know what the last word I was going to use was anymore. I, optimistic, uh, a happiness. Hmm. Every situation, every situation is an opportunity that can be turned around. Turn that frown upside down. I'll tell you, know? you what. You know, you you're you're certainly um, undaunting in your approach. You don't seem to give give up. I do not. Some people might call it annoying. Um, some people might call it intrusive. When I see somebody, somebody's having a bad day and I and I follow them into their house or into the bathroom stall. Man, I'm just here to spread happiness. I'm here to make to make your day better. That's why I work in human resources, man. So when I'm in and people are getting fired. I've already got them a fucking account on monster.com and I've already written them a resume and I am finding the good things about them and I'm just accentuating them. And I like to think sometimes that I take that terrible day and turn it into an opportunity for a better day but down the road somewhere. Isn't that a massive conflict of interest to do side work for someone who just got fired from your own company? No, no, you call it a conflict of interest. I call it an opportunity for them to take a step forward and up. That's so right. So you're taking private consultations on top of your regular work hours for recently fired Whatever, employees. man. If, as long as nobody's, you know, as long as everybody's okay with it, we're good. And nobody has ever said anything to me about it. Wow. Maybe they so haven't I caught know you yet. that I'm in the right. They may just not have caught on to what you're doing yet. 
But Stuart, I have to say that being on this podcast is providing some material proof that you've done these things. Dude, I'm spreading my message. I'm spreading my message here for others to be, you know, inspired. I want you to be inspired. Oh, I'm inspired. Yes, I'm very inspired. No, make no, make no mistake. Yeah, my work here, it's it's moving along. We're getting there, man. We're getting there. I just, just remember, you get up every day and you look in that mirror and you say, this is going to be the fucking day, man. And I swear sometimes, but, you know, it's just because I'm enhancing my sentences. Because sometimes I get so excited, I can't help myself. I just, you know, it's it all pours out of me. It let just me, pours out of me. Let me ask you this, Stuart. What is it that you want from life? You, you talk a lot about how to get things, but you haven't really said what it is of you personally. What drives Stuart? What personally? drives me? Mm. It's just, I think it's the knowledge that one day I'll be gone and people will be like, that guy, he got it. He helped me. You mm. know, I got fired from a job one time and he set me up with another one right away. You know, and I didn't have time to be down. I didn't have time to worry about it. And uh, even if it was a terrible job, it paid good being a jizz mopper at the local strip club. It didn't matter. You know? You know, I find, Stuart, that sometimes less is more. And, you know, you had me. You had me, dude. And then you said jizz mopper and the bad job. And it was like, you lost me again, Stuart. You, you're, you're painting yourself in the corners here, buddy. You, you got part of the positivity is not selling your negative aspects. You got to find a way to verbally dance around that shit, man. You say I'm painting myself in the corners. You know what I say, though? I'm accentuating my positive aspects. But you're That's accentuating right. I'm good in your this negatives. Corner. You're accentuating negatives, too. No, no, no. There's nothing negative about me. Everything is fucking coming up roses every day every day this is my favorite yeah absolutely mm. every day i never have a down day never mm. where so how long have you been in human resources uh well and I what mean, do you do in human resources exactly because that is a fair question i know what my, your job is but i guess i job yeah uh probably only about three months because okay. I've just been given so many opportunities to step forward and step up, you know, and, and, sure. and from, sometimes, from one company you know, to another, right? Huh? From one company to another, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, of yeah. Of course. Yeah. Okay. I just think that it's because the people above me see that I have so much to offer that they're like, I cannot trap this guy where he's at right now. I got to let him. I got to let him blossom. I got to let him get out there and spread his wings. And that's you know, what they tell sometimes you. Sometimes they call it conflict of interest because of this. Or why did I follow the CEO into the bathroom to talk to him about something? Or or why did I, you know, s sit out in the bushes outside of one of the s administrative assistants' houses taking pictures? I was just trying <laughs> to show her how beautiful she was when she didn't believe me when I told her. You know? <laughs> Yeah, I get oh. it. I get it. No, it's all becoming very clear. They say these things and they're wrong, man. So what if I followed that guy home that one time because he didn't use his turn signal? I wanted to show him that he would be more empowered if he used his turn signals. And then he pulled a gun on me and I was like, hey, I, I just I never been shot before. What's that experience like? I got to know. <laughs> I know. I gotta tell you something. It was horribly painful, but I grew. I grew that day. Oh, just like the Grinch's heart grew three sizes, my fucking spleen grew three sizes too. <laughs> and then I had what? to have it taken out. Because <laughs> I don't have time for negative organs. <laughs> yeah, bleeding organs. That's right. That problem? thing was not fucking giving me anything I needed. Very negative. I was you like, get the fuck out, man. You get seem, out. You seem like the kind of person who would not put up with a uh, a, a, a useless organ. Did you ever have your uh, like voluntary selective surgery to have your appendix removed, even though there was no problem with it? 
Well, the story of my appendix is a little more complex than that. Oh. Because I've been trying for many years because I know that it's uh, – what's the word for uh, an organ that the, you don't use and yet it's still there? Vestigial. Uh, hmm? Vestigial. Yes. People say it's a vestigial organ and I said, no, I'm going to teach that fucking appendix how to do something useful. Hmm. And I started eating like dirt and tree bark and rocks and like animal hooves and shit to try to, to make it do something. And I got to tell you, none of it worked. <laughs> Not a damn bit of it worked. But then I said, appendix, I know where you belong that you can be useful to me. So I had it taken out. And I had it stuck into like this amber type material and I use it as a paperweight because now it's useful to me and I know that that thing brings me so much joy to look at sitting on my desk and it's a great conversation starter when somebody says what is that thing that little weird thing that looks like a chunk of flesh or an organ or maybe a shriveled up penis inside that piece of amber on your desk and then I tell them the story and I always one of my big things one of the biggest things that people hear me say all the time is don't be an appendix learn from his mistakes yeah hmm. don't be an appendix don't be an appendix that's that's what i want you to take out of this hmm. don't be an appendix man don't be a vestigial organ that literally can't help you out with anything until you put it into a piece of amber you'd be a big paperweight tom okay you would be a massive paperweight. So would I. <laughs> <laughs> so I have another question, Stuart. Um, yeah, yeah. So right now you're doing HR. I am. And from the sounds of it, you are making a lot of connections out there. Dude, my the fucking various... network is enormous. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah. Um, and I guess my question is, if... When your many crimes, are, when you are arraigned for your many crimes and brought to a court of law and found guilty by a judge, a jury of your peers. No, no, no. What? What? I just no, no, no. no. Just hear me out. Hear me out. Totally hypothetical. When okay. this inevitably happens, do you think you'll be able to maintain this positive go-getter attitude in prison? Look, man. I figure it this way. I don't think I've done crimes. You call them crimes. And I call them – well, I call them crimes too because I don't really have another word for that. But prison is three free squares and a bed and all the sex I could possibly take. How much better can it get than that? And I did say take, but I intend to give also. Oh, you do? I intend to give. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, now I'm by no means an expert of the prison system or, or it's inner workings or, you know, uh, prison mm -hmm. culture other than what I've seen on television. But I will say this, that in most pecking orders, if you don't express yourself as the dominant one from the beginning, you'll never get above that level. So you're Look, probably going to have I'm already to, the best. Well, I know you do, but what I'm saying is you need to convince others of that, which means that you're going to have to take before you give, or you're going to have to give before you take. Yeah? Yeah, you're going to have to. Otherwise, you're so going to be taking So I should get better at sucking dicks? Yes, that's... I like to think uh, I'm already pretty good. I'm probably the best, even though I've never done it. I have a penis. I know what that penis likes. I'm not going to argue with you on that. I'm going to give you that one. Yeah best ever so let's be honest what what medications are you on i know you said you're high on life but i don't believe that what are you on it's, it's just it's life it's the vitamin d i get outside it's a little bit of Adderall, it's the love maybe. of the lord and um the admiration of my peers some of them the ones that i have now specifically um and it's really the look of of genuine admiration that I get when I open up the door and one of my coworkers in the shower and they weren't expecting somebody to help them clean their back to give them the best back skin they could have. 
It's, I mean, the admiration on their eyes is just, it's bringing sure. me to tears right now. I'm not sure if it's admiration or abject terror. I think it's probably abject terror. <sighs> no, man. No, man. Because you know what? Uh, terror is just the feeling you get from something that you haven't learned to like yet. Yeah. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> that's that's absolutely the truth. That's terrifying. Stuart, that's hey, a new that's a new level of terrifying for you. You don't know until you try, you know what I'm saying? Uh yeah, sure, within certain constraints, I think that when you're talking about showing up at someone's house and following them into their shower, that borders on insanity if it does you ever try drinking coffee through your butt it's fucking amazing it's amazing that sounds really really dangerous i don't recommend doing that that's the best way to get that get that total caffeine you know see i don't think it's uh, you get that total caffeine till your butthole quivers so how much caffeine do you consume in a day enough enough Enough. Yeah, yeah, you enough. Seem, you, you seem a little hostile when I ask you that. I, I'm wondering what that's about. You know, sometimes people just don't understand your system. And they don't understand where you're coming from. Oh, I don't understand your system and, at all. And oh, I'm not done yet, excuse me. And sometimes, you know, it, it, it'll get on you a little bit. I don't like to get mad. I don't like to, I don't like to feel that way. Everything... You know, it's got to come up fucking, you know, aces with me all the time. And uh, sometimes you put me on a path that's a little less, you know, a little less aces, so I'll say. And you make me, you make me feel like an appendix. I feel like you're making me into an appendix right now. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not doing that. You're choosing to feel that way. No, 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 no. Yes, no, 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 no. I'm going to take some head games with you now and explain to you how this works. You feel the way you feel because I've touched a nerve, not because I made you feel anyway. You're choosing. You're choosing to take umbrage. I think what it is is I've touched so many of your nerves and made you feel empowered, made you Mm. feel, feel good. That now you're striking back at me a little bit here. So I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. This is all working out in my favor. It's amazing to see the transformation in the last 20 minutes you have made since I met you. Yeah. That's right. You're laughing because you're happy. See that? Ah, see that? That's that's where it all comes together, man. That's where it all comes together. <laughs> Look, I got to get going. I got some people, you know, some extracurricular activities. Uh, I have a couple of coworkers who are feeling kind of down, and I want to bring them out of that funk. They say sometimes you grab yourself by the bootstraps and pull yourself up. I'm going to go and grab them by their bootstraps for them and raise them up. Raise them up to where they belong. I'm going to be the wind beneath their wings, if you will. Even if you won't, I'm still doing it. Because <laughs> that's how this works, man. All right. Sometimes Stuart. you need that little helping hand, even if you don't want it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, don't be an appendix, man. I'm out. I worked with a guy who was sort of like this. Stuart character. No, he wasn't at all like this character. But when we first met him, I should say, uh, he was just really bubbly and bouncy. And like mm-hmm. you show him something, he'd be like, cool, 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 with his hands in his pocket, his head bopping. And my coworker, my other coworker, is like, what are you on? He goes, he smiles with this big, goofy smile and says, God and Jesus, God and Jesus, man, you know, God and Jesus. <laughs> And I mean, I don't mean to denigrate the religious beliefs of anyone, but this guy was kind of uh, he went to one of those types of uh, churches where like people speak in tongues. Oh, yeah. And and they shake and stuff like Quakers. Like, yeah, 
a bit much, you know, like, like, it, he it's said hard. Quakers. Yeah. <laughs> you made me just think of like people that look like the guy on the fucking oatmeal package shaking <laughs> and, yeah. and, and getting all crazy. <laughs> oh, Lordy. The Lord is in me now. I mean, I truly believe, I truly believe that those people believe that they are acted that they are acted upon in that way. I don't. I mean, you know me. Oh, I'm I not agree. a religious person. Yeah. But I do. I can understand how something that you truly enjoy can 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 change you and make you feel like that. I don't understand them in the least little bit. But I I do think that sometimes maybe those people do really believe that that kind of stuff is possible and that it's happening. Well, you know, there's a term for uh, that type of religion, that shaking and quaking and uh, speaking in tongues stuff. It's called ecstatic religion. And it comes from the root word ecstasy, which means to be in religious ecstasy, to be so completely enraptured by mm-hmm. your belief and what you're experiencing at that moment with those people in that environment is so convincing to you that you're having something to be likened to a sexual experience. I was going to say so, you're having a religious orgasm. Basically, yeah, you're having something so spiritually profound happen to you that it's like light splits through you to the core and just renews you. Imagine how that must feel. It must be like the best drug in the world. And all you have to do is go to this yeah. church. And, you know, if they're not hurting anybody. And let me say, this guy was a really nice guy. That goofiness aside, you know, once I got to know him, he was such a nice guy. And all he ever wanted was for other people to be happy. You know, he was a little socially awkward and stuff. But he mm-hmm. always, always stopped by my office to wish me have a nice day. After his, he didn't have to do that, but he did. I always and, liked people that were like that, and I used to spread that kind of thing around too. Like, if I happened to be in the area of somebody's <laughs> office, I'd just swing my head in and be like, Hey, just want to say hi. Yeah. Hope you're having a good day. You know, like one of those yeah. deals. I, I, I genuinely enjoy people like that. Yeah. I, I like, I like doing that too. And I'd like to say I learned a little bit from that guy. So, you know, being a little bit of a religious goofball, in my opinion aside, dude was legitimately happy in his religious beliefs. And, you know, he he clearly thought deeply about religion. You know, I remember seeing one of his YouTube videos and it was funny because he wasn't wearing glasses and I barely recognized him. And he was so deeply (laughs) in thought and it was about a very biblical topic which to me just seems like sort of fodder, whatever, blah, you know, I don't really care. But he treated it with such dignity that I had to respect him for putting it out there. You know, it was like seeing a side of him that I'd never seen because he seemed so very meek to me in person, but there was confidence in his, his thing on the internet, you know? And I would never betray his name or anything like that. Uh, I very much no doubt shame his, in his listing games. No, none. But I mean, there's no. Yeah, but you know, you talk about someone else. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't like talking about people, even if I'm talking about them positively. If they're mm-hmm. not in the room, it feels like it's unfair somehow. Does no, I get. I get exactly what you're saying, and I would say my thought on this. Be as religious as you want to be, mm-hmm. but don't shove it down my throat. Sure, and don't use it as a tool to persecute somebody else. Sure, I agree. That's that. That's my my two biggest qualms about about religious people because you know I go to uh, a service for somebody. I'm respectful. I do everything that I know to do the right way and everything, and I've never. You know, uh, I would say I, I usually never be inappropriate. Um, there's been times. Sure, my brother will listen to this, and he's probably laughing his ass off as I'm <laughs> saying this because he can think of times that I have been inappropriate. But you know, I can I can assimilate myself into that and and do my thing. And as long as nobody is like you know uh, just ridiculous about stuff, I can uh, I can walk away with a feeling. Like feeling okay about it, but it's mm-hmm. when people, 
you know, we're like, hey, you know, if, if, if you don't truly believe in this, you come see me after. And I'm like, no, it's never going to happen. Right. <laughs> what exactly are you going to say to me in the next 15 minutes? It's going to make me suddenly go, oh, my God. Well, right. their only ploy is fear, those people. Yeah. They want to appeal to your basest fears and say that you'll be cast into a lake of fire if you don't, um, if you don't, you know, concede to uh, my set of strictures, whatever, you know, whatever those for that religion yeah. happen to be. You know, you have to you have to bow and scrape in exactly the manner laid out here, or you're a heretic and you're going to go to hell. And every sect of Christianity thinks theirs is the exact right one. Yeah. And there's lots of sects of Christianity. It's not like (laughs) there's just one or two. That's the one thing I find really interesting about Christianity as a whole, is that as a concept, the whole idea of Christianity as a cult religion in and of itself wasn't so much as it was there was the evangelicals and there was the Protestants and there's the Catholics and there's the Mm -hmm. whatever and the whatever and the whatever. It wasn't until they formed the moral majority in the 80s in the United States that the idea of Christians as a, a homogenous group became thought of in the at least in the United States. And was so they could have a majority perspective, like, oh, we speak for all Christians. No. And then you'd have guys (laughs) like, you know, well, you get what you get today, you know, where any asshole can come up and say, well, uh, as a fellow, you know, leader of your country or whatever, I I can say this. And and God and Jesus. Hooray. You know, it's a bunch of bullshit, Mike. It's Mm -hmm. bullshit. 100%. Again, have your beliefs, leave it up, share your beliefs with people that are Mm like-minded, and keep it the fuck off of me, and don't use it against other people who do not believe the way you do. And And everything will be great. And please don't go fishing for fucking fights. Like, don't sit there at a family reunion or something, and no one has said a thing, and, and then say something like... Well, you wouldn't have gotten your stimulus money if it weren't for Trump. Don't mm. say shit like that. You're just begging for an argument. It doesn't matter yep. what you think about that thing. We're here to fucking eat lunch, <laughs> asshole. Yep. We're here to have a birthday party, not to, you know. Not this is where you start getting into false equivalency and and other things too uh yeah. with regards to those conversations yeah. and it's just a rabbit hole that you're going to fall down that is not going to lead anywhere no, beneficial it's, it's, to you or the other person so yeah so what you do when confronted with that is you go uh-huh and then you say can you pass the corn and <laughs> and and you move on with your fucking life you don't give them the feed you don't feed them well because if you feed them they'll get worse that's why we have a rule in my house you don't talk about religion and you don't talk about politics. Like even when we have big meals and stuff, we've already uh, had shutdowns where somebody started saying something and somebody at the table went, uh, yeah, don't stop right now. Because that's the only way that I find in today's society uh, that you can you can enjoy a meal and not, you know, not ruin it you want to talk about sports or music or something yeah absolutely people have very strong opinions on that but they're not hurtful you want to tell me that my team sucks you're probably right (laughs) (laughs) you know but uh we don't we don't talk about religion and we don't talk about uh politics because there's a there's you know people that come to my table that are polar opposites of what i believe and because i want to include them at some level, and I'll never admit this if I'm ever asked by my family, but because I want to include them at some level, I will uh, I will not allow that to be brought up and to destroy what we're trying to do. Right. My dog agrees with me. You can hear Aspen. <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you, too. And I just think that when you're dealing with topics like that and it's not your home, you know. And the other person or another guest will not drop the topic. You can also excuse yourself. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with saying, I'm sorry. 
my wife and I have to go. It was nice yeah. meeting you all, but we really have to be going. And if your friend says, why the fuck did you leave at 5 o'clock? Say, because your other friend's an asshole, and I wasn't going to have a conversation with them. And they were just beating, they were they were baiting me the whole time, and not in a good way. I always threaten to kick them out of my house and not ever let them back again. So, you know, we've never we've never come to that. It's never come even close to that. So I yeah. don't I don't expect that it will, you know, anytime soon. After making it through the last four years worth of holiday meals and everything else, I don't right. foresee, you know, something coming up that's going to change that. But uh, it's always there, and it's always a warning, well beforehand that everybody gets. You come mm-hmm. to my house to eat. You don't bring these things up. You don't pick fights. Or anything like that, because I find myself, I'm usually amped up and angry on holidays. I don't, I don't know why. I am too. I am too. It's because you're already expecting it. I well, think. it's not only that. I think hosting is, and I know that my significant other does a ton more work than I do, and I'm super thankful for for her and my kids doing that, and even um, you know her her mother coming over and helping and do stuff and everything is 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 what makes the holidays work every year. But uh, I always anticipate like everybody coming over and eating and me having to cook the turkey and do other stuff. And I don't, I don't know why it makes me angry, but it usually does. And I'm not angry about doing it. I love doing it. But, you know, something – it always feels like that day comes. I think it's more that the holidays are so special that I'm pissed that they only last for like a day. Yeah. The, the really good ones. Thanksgiving, one day. Christmas, really only one day. You know, New Year's one day and stuff. And I think that that's probably why I get grumpy because the feeling is so good when you get to share things with people mm-hmm. that it's disappointing to you that you don't get to do it all the time. And there's yeah. no way even I mean, even if we got together once a month and ate a meal together, I would it wouldn't it wouldn't feel the same. In fact, then it would become tedious and I would be angry just because I was angry. Right. <laughs> I'd be like, I fucking hate all of you. Stop coming to my so house. It's a really complex <laughs> thought that you're expressing here is that you're really angry uh, about the unobtainability or the un about the transient the sustainability the transient nature of, of time yeah. is that your best moments are already over by the time they're upon you that's the way that my brain works unfortunately I've been told many a time that I am uh, I try to be a fortune teller about stuff yeah. and I'm always I'm always looking ahead and I mean y- y- I'm sure you've done it too oh, yeah. uh, I have arguments before I even talk to somebody mm-hmm. and I think I try to figure out every angle and I'll be like yeah well if they say this I'll say this and it never turns out that way I'm terrible There's at no it if I was a fortune teller there I'd get is fired. no argument or there is no argument. There was never an argument to be had. Yeah. It was like the whole thing was for nothing, and you just worked it up in your head. That's exactly what it is. I'd be like the fortune teller that you see that they make fun of, and I'd be like, I'm seeing somebody. It's a female, and the person starts singing. I'm like, hey, it's female, female. And her name starts with Abacada, until I come up to a sound that they go, <laughs> oh, my God, her name was Edith. And I'm like, oh, I knew Edith, yes. Yeah. You know, I'd be I'd be that kind of a fortune teller. Absolutely yeah. terrible. N- incapable of even doing a, a warm read, let alone a cold read. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like nothing. I got yeah. nothing. Yeah. You're just making shit up. So today we got pizza for dinner. And usually my significant other makes pizza and it's always fucking delicious it's like perfect exactly what i want which of course we eat very similarly so when when she makes hawaiian pizza it's going to be the hawaiian pizza the way we like it and we like it the same and everything but we got um we got dominoes and they accidentally gave us an extra pie that we didn't pay for and she said to me don't eat the pan cheese you don't like it and in my mind i went first off don't tell me what to do, woman. No, I'm just kidding. I went I, – I don't know when the last time was that I even had pan pizza from Domino's. Like it has to have been years because I don't typically get it. I like it to thin and crispy because that's what I like. And the fucking dog's got an opinion again. And um, I took a piece of it because I was convinced that I did like it. And after two bites of it, I was like, this is the worst fucking pizza I've ever had. I don't have any idea why it's so bad to me. Hmm. You know, and I'm eating other pizza, and it all tastes good to me, but that cheese, I just got to get to the bottom of it, but that's 
probably going to have to be a story for another time and an explanation for another time because we are out of time. OOT is done. Thanks for listening to Storytime with Tom and Mike. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed giving it to you. As much as we enjoyed giving you a shot, a shot of confidence in the arm for your best day ever. If you'd like to learn more about Storytime with Tom and Mike, visit our website, dembeans.biz, D-E-M-B-E-A-N-S dot B-I-Z, where you'll find links to our social media presences, our other uh, web presences, as well as sort of behind-the-scenes stories and links and things like that related to episodes that you've listened to. Yeah, and it's not biz because we mean fucking business. That's right, bitches. Or 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 people, because I don't want to upset you by calling you a bitch. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have called you a bitch. It's. it's I mean, it happens, man. Everybody gets called a bitch one time or another, or a son of a bitch. <laughs>